You're listening to Mind Honey. Welcome to the very first episode of the Mind Honey podcast. I'm Kason Davis here with Juniper Clatt. Hello, hello. So we decided that this episode is going to be a little spontaneous. So what are we talking about? So I want to talk about an experience that I had four years ago before my life completely changed. And I was going through a period of pretty extreme anxiety and I had a Reiki teacher in my life and they offered to do like a distance healing session for me. And I didn't know at the time that this would be a pivotal point in my everything transformation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I like, but I knew like I had this like intuitive hit that I would need a notebook. So I brought this little journal, actually two little journals with me to my bed and I laid down for the session and I went into a trance and it was a really weird like mind body emotional experience and every few minutes I would like pop out of it and I would have to write down a sentence and so like each page in the notebook until I filled up both notebooks it's just a sentence and so what I want to talk about with you today is the last thing that I wrote Okay. So, I wrote on the last page, I will choose to love and accept myself every day. When I do this, I remember who I am. Hmm. Okay. I'm feeling some, some depths to the last part of that statement, right? I think it's kind of common common knowledge these days that we all need to love ourselves. Yeah. We're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know it, but we don't always know how to, right? Yeah. Um, but the part that's curious is, you know, by doing this, I will remember myself. Yeah. You know, Depending on who our listeners are, that's immediately obvious how deep that is and maybe not so immediately obvious. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to explore that. Explore remembering. Mm, so okay. I was talking with a friend of mine who does uh, craniosacral work on babies the other day. And she was like, I was talking to her about doing this podcast. I gave her a preview because, you know, I want to surprise you, but... <laughs> We were talking about this topic and she told me that every time she works with like a new baby, that's like a newborn baby, she whispers to them, remember who you are, remember why you're here. And I just get like tingles like all over. And it was kind of like that feeling when I had this trance like experience, because what came after that is um, what I would now call like a psychosis experience right 
And that those two little booklets that I wrote these little reminders and particularly that one, I ripped out that page and I like carried with it, carried it with me everywhere. Um, they helped me like stay grounded as basically my soul was being split open. Wow. So, okay. Okay. There's a lot to get into here. So <laughs> dive in. <laughs> do, you, do you feel like the Reiki session itself precipitated what you would call you know, a psychosis or, or would you feel like you were, you were headed that way or what role did, did the Reiki session play in all this? Do you? Yeah, that's a great question. So I guess a little bit more backstory is I was experiencing like panic attacks for four or five hours every day. And so I eventually got to the point where I was like, I can barely work. Like this is really spending five hours on the floor curled in the fetal position isn't really working for my lifestyle. (laughs) Um, I say it with a laugh now, but it was fucking terrifying. Mm. Um, And so I went to the doctor and I was like, look, I know that I'm not okay right now and I need help. And so I started taking an antidepressant, which I'd never taken before. Right. And I, as it turns out, had a very extreme reaction to that. And so I had started taking that, um, I want to say like two or three weeks before that Reiki session. And it was starting to balance out my anxiety, but I didn't realize that it was causing a whole other huge disharmony within me. Mm. And so the Reiki session, I would say it felt like it's with someone who I consider one of my soul family Mm. in this lifetime. And, um, we met at a conference in Philly and just like looked at each other across the room and I was like, Oh, and they were like, Oh, Mm. and so I felt like this, like kind of like peace before the storm of this, like really intense, like two week journey that I was about to go on. Um, and just like being held in this healing energy so I could receive these downloads, basically, um, grounding reminders to, not completely lose my shit during the psychosis. Right. Okay. And what was causing the five-hour anxiety attacks? Yeah. (laughs) That's a question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I was in an abusive marriage, Mm. and it was something that my body was very aware of. And I was fighting it so hard in my mind to accept that that was my reality. Because if I accepted that, it meant like everything I thought about my life wasn't true. And Mm. I couldn't handle the dissonance. Right. Or I thought I couldn't handle the dissonance, but the truth was it was happening. The dissonance was already there. I just was like resisting it. And um, I was on a work trip in Philly and I was sexually assaulted on this trip. And it, I realized after that experience, it was a minor assault and it was a really big like opening. I realized like, oh, this isn't the first time this has happened. And, oh, actually, my life is not what I thought it was. And it was kind of this like, 
pretty hard, harsh, suffering kind of opening. And um, then when I came back home, came back to my life, that's when the five-hour-a-day panic attack started. Um, okay. Trying to navigate that. You know, first of all, thank you for sharing that. Complete surprise to me. Um, so I appreciate your willingness to to go there. Thank you. On on a recording. Um, that really, it, it, it sadly lines up with so many stories of people I know. The, the cognitive dissonance part, especially when we're experiencing trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it's not in alignment with the story of our lives that we tell ourselves, right? Yeah. And especially around marriage, you know, in our society, there's so much that goes into that, right? Even if you don't take the societal packaging that, that marriage comes with, there's, a, you know, if you're a good person who really believes in love, you know, you want to make marriage last, right? Yeah. And and there's some part of you inside that's like, oh, well, shit, I'm a failure if I give up on my marriage, you know? Yeah. And when you package that in with abuse and other things, it's a recipe for a lot of mental bifurcation. <laughs> very much so. Yeah. And I think also I was dealing with some very um, Christian ideas mm. around this is how my life should be. That right. was a bit really big one was like, this is the plan you know, maybe even that God, I'm using quotation marks, God has, because that's not my understanding of God anymore, but that God has for my life. And it was like, okay, well, I'm in this path. And so I just have to accept whatever is happening. Right. Which actually is an abusive idea. Interesting. It's true. It's interesting because it comes really close to like, the uh, meditative idea of like yes. surrender and acceptance right. and that edge between those I think is really critical. Yes. Acceptance of what is versus acceptance of what I deserve. Mm. Right. Like it's, it's different, right? You know, I deserve a husband who abuses me is a different, like I accept that I'm just going to be abused is very different than, I accept that abuse is taking place. Right. And I accept that I don't, you know, these are my feelings around it, right? Those, I accept that I have these ideas of what, about what marriage is. I have, I accept these realities that's very different than I accept that um, I need to stay in an uh, abusive marriage. Yeah, because one gives you power like it it brings you to awareness and the truth of what is actually happening even if it's terrible Mm. and then you have a choice of how to interact with it whereas the other is like i just kind of need to passively accept whatever is happening and there's not that like choice right yeah okay we could go you go pretty deep on on that detail um but the thing I'd like to touch on is, is that once, once our system 
you call it your soul, your being, whatever you want to call it. Once your system gets to a place of no longer being able to keep the lid on, uh, what's going on. Yeah. You know, it, it tends to lead to a meltdown experience in our life. Right. Um, I, I definitely did not go through anything as dramatic in my experience, but I also encountered a succession of experiences where I realized my life is, is all mixed up. It's not mm. what I thought it was, right? The rug is sort of pulled out from underneath me. Like the stories that you had about your life actually aren't true. Yeah. 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 And it's all, it's all the classic tale of worthiness, I mm-hmm. think, right? Where, you know, in my case, it was the first rug was the one around, uh, if you real, if you show that you're, you have excellence and you work really hard, people will honor that and respect that and reward you for that. Yeah. <laughs> then your life will go well. Yes. And it'll be easy. Yeah. So that was a big rug pull moment where I realized, no, that, that, I mean, it's great to have that for yourself, but doesn't mean anyone else necessarily cares about it or will reward you for that. Mm. The next rug pull was similar in marriage where it's like, wow, this person I chose to marry and be with, it's not turning out how we both expected. And it's not, though we both love each other, it's not looking like this is going to last. Mm. And there's just this real pain of acknowledging, like, how can I, how can I love someone so much and care about them and just have it, it it doesn't, it's not in alignment with my personal truth around what I need my life to be and and what I need in terms of how I'm treated by a partner, right? Mm. Um. And then the other rug is my my dad dying, right? Where it's just, you sometimes take for granted the mental health of people in your life and you expect them to be these stable, sturdy people who support you. And all of a sudden, whoa, they're either not there anymore or they, they're completely not what you thought they were. Yeah. Right? Um, and that was quite a surprise to you. Right. And so all, I think everyone goes through those periods in their life and, and those shocks of dissonance between what is and our story about it, uh, lead to, to sometimes psychosis, sometimes <laughs> awakening, sometimes growth and resilience. And sometimes, um, they lead to to more difficult times in our life until we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, like on this topic of remembering. Right. Because I feel like a part of that is, okay, we have these stories about Mm. our lives and maybe that's coming from the people who raised us or a religious belief or, you know, some ideas of like, this is how my life should be or this is how the world works. Right. And we're kind of trying on other people's clothes. Right. And then, you know, the clothes catch on fire. (laughs) (laughs) And we're like, oh, no, oh, no, now I'm naked. 
And then I think that is like a portal, like an opportunity to remember why are you here? Who are you? And like connect with that like inner being and that Mm. inner wisdom. Mm. And I personally, I think that's the greatest work of our life. Absolutely. It's the only work. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Maybe some people get to do some other stuff once they figure that out. Right. (laughs) I feel like for most of us, it takes the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the fun of it too. Right. Yeah. I've heard it put another way too, which is coming back to yourself. Yeah. Right. So there's the, the word remember, it has this amnesic quality to it where it's like, how did I ever forget Right. Yeah. That's a mystery unto itself. I, I don't I can't speak to that mystery <laughs> myself. <laughs> but the coming back to myself I can speak to. Yeah. Which is you know, accepting all of me, mm-hmm. right? And in, in doing so I'm able to see clearly. So what does that feel like? It feels peaceful, right? There's there's a story we tell over what happens, like, you know, anger comes up and you snap at somebody or, and then you tell the story of how you've always been angry and always people don't like how angry you are. And now no one wants to be your friend because you're such a butthead, you know, like <laughs> these kind of things. But when you can accept all of you, including all the challenging aspects of yourself, yeah, it's just giving self-compassion. Mm. you're able to get closer to who you are. Definitely. Cause you're not fighting against right. those parts of yourself that you're like, this is undesirable. Right. And the closer you get to who you are, the more of a mystery it is because you start to see, well, it's not that it's not this. <laughs> it's not that. It's kind of a Goldilocks game. Right. <laughs> right. This isn't me. Oh, that's almost me. Oh, a little part of that is me. Nope, not that. Yes. <laughs> oh, this is me. Right. And then there's that amnesia, and then we're off on some story, and then it's like, oh, coming right. back. Right. And so what it feels like to me is whenever we say with an affirmative, this is me, mm. that's an identification with something, right? So, the, you know... If you subscribe to, you know, Eastern philosophy, you would say, well, that's not true. Yeah. Um, However, you know, the Buddhist concept of skillful means is all about using beneficial identities. And I think the the classic Mm -hmm. uh, story is about using the canoe to get across the river, but then leaving the canoe once you've got there. Yes. Right. Or I like that. Stirring the coals with a stick, right? So that the the stick itself even dissolves at the end. Yeah, because it's like this is me is also an illusion. Right. But it's an illusion that brings you closer to yourself than identifying with this pattern that someone else set up for you. Right. But it also is a stick that gets to get burnt. I like that a lot. Yeah. So we could get we could really get lost in the weeds here. Um, so let's, I want to just nudge us towards this idea of 
identifying with a story that somebody else gave us yeah versus identifying with something that feels more self-directed mm. right something comes from a deeper place that feels more in alignment with who we are there's like a resonance yeah because if we're here on this planet you know as ramdas would say we're busy becoming somebody <laughs> right it almost, you know, I don't know where you land on terms of destiny or, you know, this is what I'm meant to do with this lifetime or, or what have you. But it, it really does feel that way sometimes. Like there, there yeah, things come up that just feel so perfect to a deeper part of you that you readily jump on that identity as opposed to other identities, which you'll more easily just be like, no, you know, I'm. I'm not meant to be a lawyer. Right? <laughs> it's not for me. You know? That's in the clear. No Goldie, Goldilocks pile. Right. <laughs> yeah. I like to think of it in terms of like resonance. Mm. Um, like when something rings true. And I, I'm curious like how different people experience that in their bodies. Right. And in their soul feeling like one marker that I kind of hear in what you're saying is like, what is your level of resistance mm. to that identity? Right. If the level of resistance is high, I think that could either mean this is definitely not you or you're hiding from yourself. Yes. <laughs> so right. there's, there's some discovery to be had there. That's the challenge. I yeah. think and it's hard. To, it's hard to know which is which. Mm -hmm. Right. It kind of feels in, in that way, it kind of feels like the world offers a grace in that the stuff that we hang on to that we shouldn't like our previous marriages gets ripped away. Yeah. Somehow, you know, um, sometimes, you know, like in the case of my father, something that you, if you were to ask anybody, Hey, do you think your father needs to be ripped away for you to, grow in your life or to have, you know, a meaningful life here on earth. Most people are like, hell no. Like right. <laughs> I need to find a way of having my father and having a meaningful life. They would never be on the table. Right. Right. Um, and yet things like that do happen. Yes. Right? Um, like nobody would choose sexual assault for their own life. Right. Right. Um, and, and so there's, there's times where we just wouldn't make that choice. And so it just gets made for us. Yeah. And then there's other times where it's sort of presented to us and we get to make the right choice on our own. You know, th I like those times better. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. Like you use the word grace. Mm. And I was kind of picturing like when you said that as those big times when something's like ripped away from you. Yeah. It's like I think of grace like the ocean. Mm. And those big times, it's like the surf is crashing down on you. Yeah. Like it's going to destroy you. Yeah. And then you have all of these little opportunities, all of these water droplets in the ocean, all of the sweet moments where you can like, oh, yeah this is pretty nice. I'm going to choose this. And right. like, 
what a fascinating idea to think of all of that as grace. Right. Yeah, you know, it's hard to talk to, I mean, it's hard to speak to for for folks who haven't had ex- traumatic experiences that change their life, you know. Um, and even those who have, I don't expect everyone to feel the same way I do about mm-hmm. about it. But in my case, you know, having a father who took his own life, um, it helped me come to that conclusion on my own that mm-hmm. that was grace for my life. And in many ways, I almost feel as if my father was was in on that grace. Mm. Um and that's that's a heavy it's a heavy topic, you know, especially for people who've lost somebody to suicide. Um, a lot of people don't want to hear that, uh, how it was grace, you know, you know the the platitude a lot of people resist is everything happens for a reason, right? But the the fact of the matter is, if that didn't happen to me, I was going down the same road as he was. Mm. I wouldn't have seen. Uh, my way out of the anger and the despair that I was in Mm. unless a nuclear blast shocked me out of it. Right. And in fact, I feel like that's also what led to my divorce. My ex partner and I both were shocked by the experience of my dad dying. And wow. I think it's kind of a catalyst all around. It's a massive catalyst. Wow. Right. And we both got pushed towards realizing what's truly important in our life Mm. and how there's no time to waste, you know, in pursuing that. It is like sacred almost. And I don't use that word lightly, like the insights that come up after a traumatic event that is so wildly sharp and tender Mm -hmm. to interact with. Of like finding that like, okay, this is the time I have and I don't want to waste it. It brings like a really sharp mirror to what we're talking about. Who are you? Why are you here? What are you doing with your time? Yes, that's it, you know, and, and it's, it manifests itself usually in really subtle ways. Like, are you doing nice things for yourself simply because you enjoy them more often? Right. Do you do you do the hobby that everyone tells you is a stupid hobby that it's a waste of your time <laughs> because you love it, you know? And do you choose that for yourself? Like the more you're choosing those things, it's a sign to me that you're headed back towards remembering yourself. Yeah. Um the less that you feel influenced by the direction that other people want to put you on, mm-hmm. it's more you're closer to remembering yourself. And until one day, I mean, I guess you're enlightened, (laughs) whatever that means. We'll Uh, get, we'll get back to you on episode 102. (laughs) Okay. You heard it here. You heard it here. Hold us to it. Only 101 more episodes until we're enlightened. We have some fun and some work ahead. (laughs) Yeah. So, so were you interested in talking more about your Reiki experience or or are you wanting to just dive deeper into the remembering? I mean, you can ask about Reiki. Sure. I mean, 
that's that was a pivotal moment for you yeah right and you you called it a psychosis yourself mm-hmm. um not the reiki experience okay. but afterwards so a trance like experience yeah why would you call it that did you feel like you were under a power beyond your comprehension it felt like I was interacting with time and space in a way that is above like the 3D. Okay. Like I went into this space where, and I feel this sometimes when I dream too. I dream a lot and sometimes I dream about other people. Sometimes I dream about the future. Sometimes, you know, it's like this time space that's outside of like what we would call our like 3D reality. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I guess I use the word trance because it was during the day and I was mm. awake, mm-hmm. <laughs> not, like not asleep and happening in my sleep right. or not in a meditation. Although I sometimes would call that a trance as well. Mm. Um, but it felt like I had access to the space. Um, and for like in that particular case, this person who I deeply, deeply trust and love was holding space and mm. sending healing energy to my body and kind of like offering like, okay, here's my hands and you can feel whatever you need to feel. And so I didn't feel like I needed to control it in any way. I just kind of surrendered to the experience. And, um, it's interesting the way the words came too Mm -hmm. is very similar to how I write poetry. Okay. Um, like very rarely am I like, okay, I'm going to write a poem now. (laughs) It's like, it's like, oh, here are the words and I'm writing them down. Yeah. It just comes to me. And it was kind of in that space of this like very interesting, like my mind, body were trying to communicate with me Mm. very loudly during that time as like leading up to the psychosis, Um, which I would call a thin space. Mm. And I hadn't really written poetry before that much I mean I wrote like as a kid but it the the channel that I have developed now with words wasn't there wow and it was just kind of like okay I need help this person who I trust from for some reason like Mm -hmm. (laughs) beyond this lifetime is here to hold this space and then here are the words wow yeah I'd love to read some more of that sometime yeah bring bring it in for an episode some of them are hilarious (laughs) (laughs) like some of them are like all caps and oh god they're they're pretty good i rediscovered them um last year when i was doing a lot of meditative work um and it was just like oh wow Mm. i was tapping into some truth and also some cosmic humor (laughs) yes (laughs) which i think is truth as well yes um yeah I've, i've only experienced those kind of states of consciousness under the influence of psychedelic mm-hmm. substances. So I, a lot of people in the spiritual communities, there's like a mixed messages around that. They're like, oh, if you received these, if you had this kind of an experience, you know, free range, no, no psychedelics, it's, it's a greater import than if you have them mm. with psychedelics. So there's this feeling of, one mystical experience being more important than another. There's a hierarchy of mystical yeah. experiences. I don't know necessarily know how I feel about that. 
but I do understand this idea of tapping into to states of awareness in which streams of truth are just kind of making their way straight through you. Yeah. Um, and the cosmic humor that can emerge from that, right? Like I, I've had realizations where I'm like, God is speaking and he sounds like, like he could be my buddy or something. Yeah. You know? it's just, yeah. And then you realize, well, wait a second, that is true. I mean, if, if you have the, the, the cosmological view of, of, uh, unity consciousness, mm-hmm. um, we're all just one unified consciousness sort of speaking to itself. Um, well, of course, every personality that ever existed, you know, has some God in it. So, or is God. So yeah, of course the hilarious thing that you just wrote down or channeled in this trance state yeah. is, is God speaking. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Can I read you a poem? Yeah. That I wrote, um, Actually, also, this was the day before, I would say, the psychosis began. And it's on this topic of remembering. Okay. Yesterday, I decided to stop fighting myself. It hurt more than I expected. It turns out, everything I was running from already exists in my left pinky toe, in the palm of my right hand. I found myself, again, lost where I least expected, right here, in this moment, with you. Wow. Hmm. I love poetry for its ability to stop the mind. Yeah. It's another way of remembering. It's to go in the loop until the mind stops. Poetry has a way of leading you along to the cliff. (laughs) Beautiful. Thanks. Yeah, I think like... Like we were talking about with the grace as these huge waves that feel Mm. really dramatic and crashing and then also the drops of water in the ocean that are Mm -hmm. so subtle you might not even see them. Right. I think this idea of remembering is like that. Mm. That we have these big opportunities presented to us perhaps in the guise of a traumatic experience or um, like a heightened ecstasy or a psychedelic Mm. or a trance-like state Mm. where it's like the doorway is shining and clear and big. And then I think like that reminder that I wrote to myself, I will choose to love and accept myself every day. Mm -hmm. When I do this, I remember who I am. Right. Every time you love yourself. Yeah. Every time I love myself, every time I choose to accept myself right now in this moment, that is remembering, that is grace, that is God. Absolutely. It's true. You know, it, and the, the thing that sucks for a podcast is, I mean, I don't think there's really anything more to say. You <laughs> summed it up. We could keep talking, you know, but podcast over. <laughs> 
Um, no, it's it. If if I had to pick a single thing that sums up the entire spiritual realm, it's that. Um, that's that's the that's the the totality of a spiritual practice, mm. because the reason people meditate or pray ultimately is to be able to be present enough to accept themselves and love themselves. Yeah. Right. That's that's why people do mm. it. Right. I've honestly never thought of it that way. Yeah. Cool. That's insightful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and and hmm. as we go out into the world, the more present we are, the more quickly we can accept and love ourselves. Yeah. And in doing so, we can accept and love all other beings. Yes. Right? Because we're critical of others in the ways that we're critical of ourself. So yeah. we hold ourselves to certain standards. And once we ourselves meet those standards, we feel okay with ourselves. Mm -hmm. But when others don't meet the standards we hold ourselves to, then there's a potential for frustration or judgment to arise. Absolutely. Likewise, when we don't meet our own expectations, there's a chance for frustration or judgment to arise. So I think there's a reality of frustration yeah. and judgment right. arising. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much so. And that's an interesting thing about this journey of remembering, this journey of loving and accepting yourself is like, you know, the days that I wake up and I feel cheerful and joyful and happy to be alive, it's like pretty easy. Yeah. To be like, oh, yeah, I love myself today. Like, I love this life. This is great. Like, the other day, I woke up, and I was so angry. Yeah. And I had all these sticky clumps, like, all over me. And I was just like, ah, mm -hmm. this shit again. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And so I think, like, part of the... um I always call it, like, the work. I think I need a new term mm -hmm. for that. Part of the... Oh, I'm going to try this out. I don't know if I'm committing to this yet, but part of the play okay. of this is like coming to those sticky spots mm. and being like, all right, here we are. Right. I choose to love and accept myself here. Yep. It's re for me, it's reminiscent of Thich Nhat Hanh where he says like, I love my anger. I take care of my anger. Yes. Right. Um, the other day, you know, I've been struggling to maintain my meditation practice, um, ever since, uh, the wedding life's been real busy and a lot of fun things come up that sort of make it challenging to have an hour long morning med practice and an hour long evening practice. Um, and I experienced frustration that Life seems to be blocking me from something that I, I like and enjoy. And the other morning I was, I was like, finally, I have some time. I start, I start in my morning exercise and then I hear glass shattering in the kitchen. I hear uh, Bethany call for help. I'm like, oh, so I run in the kitchen. There's glass everywhere. 
I grab a broom, I start sweeping things up and I'm start like barking orders at everybody like, you know, the kitchen, I don't want you to step on glass. You know, it's like get in this like panic mode mm-hmm. of like trying to fix things. Yes. And then get frustrated when people don't fall, follow the orders, <laughs> you know, yeah, because like, you know what's up and yeah. why are they not listening? <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yes. You know, I can relate. <laughs> yes. And then everyone's all upset and no one's happy right my meditation's interrupted i barked orders at people who resented me for that um you know it was not ideal but in that moment i realized you know i I went outside and i i felt my sort of feelings of unworthiness you Mm -hmm. know like like why did you have to be mean like you didn't need to do that you know like just a broken glass like who cares you could have been sweeter and handled it with more levity right um where's that cosmic humor when you need it (laughs) yes yeah but then i thought to myself like hey wait a second you know if i'm going to accept other people when they mess up i need to accept myself when i mess up right and when i actually said that out loud to bethany I could feel how the truth of that resonated. And so like any mm. frustration between us in that moment kind of evaporated where it's like, it's like, I'm sorry that that happened. Didn't mean for it to, you know, um, still trying just like everybody else, you know, we're all trying our best. You're trying not to step on the glass and I'm trying to clean it up. And, mm. um, but those kind of moments happen to us all every day. Yeah. And those are our opportunities to live in love or live from the level of the mind, which has preferences for how things should be. Preferences and judgments and frustrations. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I wonder if we can um, leave our listeners, if we have any, (laughs) (laughs) hello, Uh, with a query Okay. To go forward, um, how are you choosing to love and accept yourself right now? And at any point throughout this day, if you notice some kind of feeling, whatever, wherever it is on the spectrum wave oscillation of feelings, perhaps this can be a little marker, a little reminder. How can you choose to? Love and accept yourself right now. That's a wrap. All right. Thanks. Episode one. Okay. (laughs) Now it's here. I'm still recording.